The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The Summit Lighthouse brings you practical spiritual answers and is the open door to sacred mysteries. These teachings, delivered by Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet, are compelling, thought-provoking, and timeless. Here are your hosts, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. And greetings to everyone, and welcome to The Open Door. We are the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and we invite you to awaken to the light within. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy. And today, we're going to be focusing on perhaps a surprising topic, Star Wars. Now, the latest release, which is the seventh in this classic, iconic franchise, what some call an epic space opera, is currently in theaters and smashing box office records, already approaching almost $2 billion in revenue after only 30 days in circulation. Now, to assist us today in exploring Star Wars and its spiritual significance, we have assembled a guest panel of New Age Jedi Warriors. <laughs> Deborah Otis. Hi, this is Deborah. Joseph Macchio. Hi. Hi, Joseph. And our spiritual director, Reverend David Dry. Thanks for having me, Tom. Uh, welcome. Welcome to you all, and thanks for being here. Now, let's begin by taking a brief journey in the Wayback Machine to May of 1977, when the curtain opens and on the screen we see those now famous words, a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. That's good, guys. Thank you. <laughs> so what were your first impressions of Star Wars? I'm assuming you all saw it when it came out in 1977. Yeah. So uh, in no particular mm-hmm. order, what were your first impressions? Well, I was amazed when I first went to see it. You know, the special effects, you know, back in 1977, uh, that was high technology. <laughs> and I think all of us, you know, we, we grew up with um, Star Trek and things like that. And to see Star Wars now come around... Uh, and to see what they did with the with just the the scenery and so forth, oh, it yeah. took you to a whole other place, a whole other place. How about I, you, I was really excited because I was a uh, twenty something, and I had just finished attending uh, Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet Summit University, and like a lot of other twenty somethings, this was exciting, <laughs> and uh, I just I could see a lot of threads of the New Age teachings, and I was very. Glad to see it actually come out on the screen saying, wow, maybe more people will wake up. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. How about you, Joseph? Uh, I was right in New York City and uh, part of the Summit Lighthouse Teaching Center. And uh, we were there giving uh, lectures and and classes on the teachings of the masters. And uh, I took one of the guys that was part of the center down to one of the big theaters in New York where it was playing. And really... We had never seen anything like it. <laughs> we were astonished. You know, the screen was huge. The yeah. sound was, was overwhelming. And uh, it really resonated with us. We enjoyed it. We went back to the center and told all the 
people, really, this is great. Well, now, you have all said something here that's very, I think, important. You were all involved, to some extent or a level, in the teachings of the Ascended Masters. No, and I wasn't. You uh, weren't? No, this was before I actually found the teachings. I was, uh, you know, just living my life as a painting contractor, a very young <laughs> painting contractor. And, but I was always very interested in, in uh, you know, the battles of light and darkness and, and interested in the struggle for freedom, you know, and, and that's why this was such a powerful film for me. Well, the reason I bring that up is that you and I are in the same boat. I mean, I was not involved in the teachings at that point at all. So my context was a broad spiritual context where I looked at it from the standpoint of good and evil, right and wrong, Choices, you know, we've talked before off, off camera, off, off mic about the, the hero's journey and the basic establishment of that process of going out, receiving initiations, assuming that they're successful, gaining mastery, and then returning. So I didn't have these teachings that I have now. So I've had to kind of reinterpret my experience of Star Wars from the standpoint of what I have now learned. So you, Deborah, and you, Joseph, and I know you too, Terry. Right. Were you were in the teachings at that time? I, I, yeah, I'd been I'd been uh, exposed to the teachings of the Ascended Masters some, since about 1972. So that was about I was about five years okay. in, and so I was beginning to be able to relate to some of these things that I saw on the screen because I I, I knew that there were forces of dark and light out there, and I'm and so it was helping me to kind of get a, a little bitter. Uh, grip on it, so to speak. Okay, well, I guess the thing I, I'd like to hear you um, maybe talk a little bit more about is why does it resonate? Why were you so enthralled by it? What, what was it that made it so unique in your experience that other movies simply didn't approach? Well, I think it's an age-old, uh, you know, the age-old desire for freedom. You know, we grew up at a time when there was this Cold War, the Cold War was happening. Mm-hmm. And I think for all of us, all of us that are here around the table today, you know, remember that in school. And we used to go through the drills and so forth. And we also learned a great deal about the struggle for freedom and the battle between, um, you know, democracy and communism. And so this film brought some of that to the fore. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a very powerful time for that to be released. And I think once we found the teachings, once I discovered the teachings, and began to understand the you know the the relationship between our souls and the hosts of light and how we can bring that you know to the fore. I love the concept of you know being able to tune into the force or tune into <laughs> the light or tune into you know the spiritual beings you know or the spiritual masters. And Star Wars showed that you awakening. saw that the awakening. Yeah. awakening. Yeah. For me, it was looking at the world, and as you mentioned, David, growing up in the Cold War, and knowing that you should do something, you know, but what and how and <laughs> with whom, and to see Luke Skywalker, who found the courage to stand up and make a difference, you know, worked for him, and it gave, I think, a lot of us the inspiration that we could make a difference, too. Well, now, it also, I've heard many people say this, it feels familiar. They saw it, and they went, hmm, I know that experience. I've, I've been there. I've actually heard some people even say that. Maybe not in a galaxy quite so far away. Well, perhaps in, in the <laughs> continuum of time, it was way back. And, you know, anyway, so, but I think that, you know, it's, it's part of our, is, is this part of our DNA? Is this struggle, is this what's depicted and unfolds in these movies part of our spiritual DNA? I mean, how far back can we take this? Well, I, I Garden felt, of Eden? I, mean, <laughs> I, I felt very strongly about that when I first saw the movie and, and continue to feel strongly about it, that, mm-hmm. yes, this is, to me, uh, it did feel like a record. It felt like uh, going back um, perhaps millions of years to uh, a rebellion of, uh, of forces of darkness and so forth that we know the book Revelation speaks about, about the Luciferian rebellion and so forth. And uh, in our own past embodiments, uh, our past lives, <clears throat> the, uh, we've witnessed these things. Um, 
we've been engaged in the, the struggle of light and darkness. And this was, this was all depicted very, very beautifully yeah. and in most cases accurately. Well, doesn't it come down to opportunities and choices? It definitely does. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really important thing because, you know, Luke was somebody who, you know, if you think about his origins, you know, he wasn't a particularly famous person. He was kind of like the normal average guy, which farm boy. most people can relate to that. <laughs> and, you know, you could see all the way through the first film, you know, that he had to make a decision. He had to come face to face with his doubts and his fears. And we know from history that, you know, every every point of victory for for, you know, light and for freedom people have had to make those same choices. They had to decide, will they make a stand for the light? You know, will they hold the line? Is the battle going to be fought and so forth? So I think that's what triggered such an awakening, really, you know, when that film first came out. Well, and he he does so much on faith. You know, he has this little robot that comes up and he accidentally triggers a message. He has no way of knowing what that means, but something in him resonates too. He recognizes something there that he's felt he's compelled to follow. You know, so I think sometimes we talk about the spiritual compulsion. You know, what is it that, that pushes us to that next level of consciousness, the next level of choices and opportunities? It's a journey. It's, it's a process. And so we get to see him do something that we've all done, only he does it on a planet that we have probably not too familiar with. <laughs> and he's uh, and he's a common he's a common dude, you he's know. A farm he's boy living a, with his with his, his well, uncle. His step, yeah. you know, his uncle. uncle. I, I think Edgar Casey said that the the common man has a sense or uh, that is common to gods, and so that's that's the beauty of the common man. He's got a heart, and he's not all intellectualized, you know. And so you see the dark force, and when you see it depicted in these mm-hmm. movies, it's it's very intellectual, you know. Well, There's no heart involved. They make it pretty broad. When yeah. you talk about a Death Star and, <laughs> yeah, and a Galactic Rebellion, I mean, it's pretty, um, it's, it's, it's a broad brush. Yeah. But obviously, people were willing to uh, take that all in entirely. The interesting part of this for me is the continuum of this, what I guess some have called this epic space opera, is that every three years after that first release, there was another one, The Return of the Jedi. And the, the third one in 83, which was the, what is it, the Force Awakens? The Empire or, Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back, thank you. And you see this development of these characters, and then suddenly we're taken back in time prior to these events happening. We have a whole other trilogy, and now we're embarking on another trilogy. Only this time it takes place, of course, in the future. It's, it's moving us forward, so the characters we see are a bit older. <laughs> maybe, maybe more than a bit. <laughs> Time has a way of doing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But I find it fascinating that the fascination with this has endured to the point now where I think as of 2012, the franchise itself was already worth $31 billion with a B dollars, which is amazing to me. And then in 2012, Walt Disney Corporation buys the franchise, buys Lucasfilm, and they embark upon this whole new series I'm sure they were banking on its success from the past, but they probably had no way of knowing it would be this wildly successful. And already, you know, 31 days in, $2 billion worldwide. And it's, there's no stopping it now. So I bring this up because obviously it is striking a chord. We've all attested to kind of how we responded to it initially. Well, this chord is something that people who are awakening spiritually are going to resonate with too because this is something that they feel as well as, as well as we do. So if we could, before the break, we've got a couple more minutes, let's kind of take this back to the beginning, talk about the spiritual aspect of this whole journey, this whole idea depicted in the film, and how it is personal to your journey as a spiritual seeker. Do you mind doing that? 
Yeah, I think one of the things that was so uh, important to me was that I, I, you know, I personally believe that we have this link with God, that we have this connection with, you know, this inner reality, and that film actually awakened much of that for me. You know, the the, the determination to embody freedom, the determination for kindness and goodness, and when you look at the film, you realize this film is not loaded with a lot of sex. There's no swearing. You know, there's a certain wholesomeness to it. This is how the first three films, you know, A New Hope and The Empire Strikes Back and The Return of the Jedi, there was a wholesomeness there that I think, you know, many people, you know, who have this inner spirit, who have this desire to to, to find this wholeness and um, we're grateful to see. And so that also, I think, brings a lot of that. And um, so I, and I really appreciated that when I saw The Force Awakens. You know, you could walk out of the film and you were, you were lifted up, you were inspired. Mm-hmm. There was a sense that you could go on. There was a sense that the next episode would be even more uplifting than this one. Yeah. How many films do you have that experience with? <laughs> well, name them on one hand, probably. Yeah. yeah, you hadn't been assaulted, so to speak. I mean, sure, yeah. the music's loud and there's, there's great battles of darkness and light. Uh, but you hadn't been assaulted like you are in so many movies. Anybody else have a comment? Yeah. Well, I think at this point, let's go to a short break. Um, We're talking again about Star Wars, the movie, Star Wars, the franchise, Star Wars, the experience. And when we come back, we'll be talking a bit more about the individual characters, perhaps what motivated them, and kind of who they are in the archetypal sense. Okay, so please stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. Right now, all over the world, Warriors of Light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man. Founded by St. Germain in 1961, Keepers of the Flame is a non-denominational fraternity in the tradition of ancient spiritual orders. When you join, you'll receive a series of lessons that will introduce you to a vast and dynamic spiritual world. See for yourself. Access Lesson 1 right now, completely free. No login required. Simply go to tsl.org slash keepers, and in seconds you could be exploring a whole new world of practical Ascended Master teachings. Lessons are printed or available online for any time, anywhere access, and anyone can join. Discover your real self and explore your full spiritual potential. Become a Keeper of the Flame today and awaken to the light within. Please visit tsl.org slash keepers and prepare to accelerate. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads.
This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back. Thank you very much for staying with us. Today on The Open Door, we're talking about the movie franchise, Star Wars. Perhaps a little bit unusual topic for us, but nonetheless, I think it's relevant. We're talking about good and evil, right and wrong, um, choices, opportunities. And one of the key elements in the movie, and one of the ones that perhaps has been most captivating, is this idea of the Force. What is the Force? Well, the way I see it... um from looking at all the movies, um, I see it as a universal energy, basically, that um, perhaps has its ultimate source in maybe the absolute or absolute light. Uh, energy is God. Uh, but it's this universal energy that can be um, used or misused. Uh, it can be used for evil, and then when it is misused or inverted, it becomes, quote, the dark side. But I think there may be a danger in the idea, for instance, if anyone thinks this, that the force has an evil side that's inherent in it or that is intrinsic to it. I don't necessarily see it that way, but as this universal energy that when it, for instance, in an individual situation, it comes down and the divine energy comes down to us and we have the choice to either misqualify it, use it correctly, or misuse it. So it's not neutral. It's, it's positive. I would say it was positive. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I would say it was a positive, positive universal energy that yeah. has its ultimate source in perhaps some, light. Some, some power is perceived as impersonal, so therefore not really having a positive or negative charge. It is what it is. It's how we use it that gives it the, the positive or negative charge. And that's true. I wouldn't disagree with that, yeah. even though its ultimate source is, quote, good, oh, yeah. uh, with a capital G. Uh, it does only become personalized when it's qualified by an individual. Got it, yeah. To me, it's akin to the, the Holy Spirit, where there is uh, not only a power, but it's also um, an intuitive capacity. Um, you have to not only allow it, you have to nourish it. And... You, in order to do that, you might have an instance where the force is awakened in you, uh, such as Luke practicing uh, blindfolded, or uh, when Ray touched the lightsaber, she was reminded of, of you know, perhaps past experience with the force. Now, now Ray is a character in the new movie. Ray is a character yeah, in the new okay. movie. Um, to me, what's important with all of that is that, as well as having practice and nourishing it, it's important to have a guide. You look at Luke, and he didn't get too far on on the path with the Force without Obi-Wan Kenobi. Now, does it seem to you that both the evil forces and the good forces can wield this power more or less equally? You know, I mean, w- whether it's being nourished or not, that Darth Vader has a light sword, he's, or he's, he's operating from a level of the Force that he learned as a Jedi Knight before he turned to the dark side. 
But so, to me, that's that's a lot like angels in the Bible, where you have the good angels, Archangel Michael, and then you have the fallen angels, and they both wield a great deal of power. So I, I think it's a lot about how you qualify it, yes. I, I agree. So the, the force then, I guess what I'm getting at is the force is a power that can be used or misused at the whim of the user. I think that's very true, and you see that in the films. You know, you see the the the, the, the light side or the, you know— the bright side of the forest has always won in these films mm-hmm. in terms of overcoming the darkness, you know, and, and of course, Luke asks Yoda, you know, which is more powerful, the dark side or the, mm-hmm. you know, the light side of the forest. And he said the light side is more powerful. And there's a there's a great scene in the new film, episode seven, where, you know, Ray is doing battle with, uh, you know, the I think it, I can't remember the, the name of the character, Ben. He's happens to be the son of Leia and mm-hmm. and uh, oh, Han so Solo. Ky- yeah, Kylo, Kylo, Kylo Ren. Ren. So anyway, there's a point there where their two swords are interlocked, and he, he's he's offering to teach her about the dark side, and she closes her eyes, and it's it's that, it's that moment when she actually connects with this power that surrounds all living things, you know, that the Jedi Knights talk about, and you see at that moment where she then triumphs in that scene, mm-hmm. and I think you know when I think about the battle of light and darkness, think about you know the war in heaven, and think about. The choices you see her make that choice yep. in that scene, which and the whole is really audience powerful. goes, "Yes!" Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. It was very That's right. powerful in that moment. Yeah, yeah. very powerful. Yeah. And did everybody want a light sword? Oh, absolutely. Well, <laughs> I mean, you know, lightsabers. When we first heard about lightsabers in 1977, you know, I was trying to trying to explain to a friend of mine after I I had found <laughs> the teachings of the masters about the light and about the swords of the angels and so forth. And I said, you know, Star Wars was really a great metaphor for the understanding of the battle of light and darkness. And I said, who would not want to have a, have a sword of light? And so, you know, we learn about the swords of Archangel Michael. We learn about the swords of the angels. And what's the difference between, you know, an ex, a steel Excalibur and a sword of light? You know, who would not want to have that in their arsenal? <laughs> you know, I felt the same way. I wish I could, many instances where I wish I had one in my hand. <laughs> but anyway. Well, we have a lot of respect for uh, Archangel Michael. As a matter of fact, he's our, our main go-to guy, so to speak, when for it comes protection. to to binding the forces of darkness that want to take our light. And and another point I wanted to make, I just wanted to tag on to something you were talking about, Joseph. There are a a lot of people, there's a tendency to think of darkness uh, with, with a certain sacredness. But the fact of the matter is, if you qualify energy positively, it will get stored in your causal body. If you just po- laid up in heaven. Yeah, and if you qualify mm-hmm. it negatively, mm-hmm. you've got a karmic record that you have mm-hmm. to balance. And so that's why these bad guys get blown up, is they've got a karma, <laughs> so to speak. You yeah. know what I mean? You're going to get it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that kind of brings me to uh, one of the scenes uh, where at the end of uh, Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. where we do see Darth Vader because he has overthrown the Emperor and uh, converted, quote, uh, he's now in a light realm with Obi-Wan, kind of overshadowing. Am I right? That was yep. the last mm-hmm. uh, of the original it trilogy. Is. And uh, from our perspective and our, our point of view in terms of what you just said, in terms of karma, uh, although uh, he is seen in that light dimension, uh, in reality, Darth Vader would have had to balance the karma that he made when he was Darth Vader, right. he would have to come back. He would, according to cosmic law, as we understand it from the, the Ascended Masters, he would have to come back. He would have to balance 
out the karma and perhaps reincarnate several times <laughs> as, long as, he, right. as long as he stays on to the light side. several. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and if he stays on the right path, if he stays on the light side, of so, so to speak, of the force, he will then be eventually victorious. But it's not a question of just one act, the dweller or the dark side of you or the, the not-self is slain. Well, in Hollywood, right. there's a certain collapse of time and space. You know, it's a willing suspension of disbelief. I, I know where you're going with that, but I think that, you know, under the circumstances, we want to see his redemption then. Yes. <laughs> Come back as a raised child or something like or, or that. Or something. But, and take, and take well, at least he had the opportunity. Uh, he, he won did. himself That's, the opportunity yeah, to make right choices absolutely. in the future. That's the absolutely. point, I think. Yeah, there's, there's, that, that, was a very, that was a very powerful moment in, 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 you know, in that final Return of the Jedi. I, it was, was an incredibly too. redemptive thing. And, you know, you're asking that question as well about... You know this 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 new character with his very fancy lightsaber. You know where where is the redemptive quality for him? Is there a possibility for yeah. him? And almost you're you're thinking ahead the next couple episodes. You know what will be the outcome for him? Will Ray and and the force that she embodies have somehow an effect on him? It's hard. hard well, and, and you recall when you saw his face when he when the mask was off, you suddenly felt this sympathetic uh, tie. Yes. Oh, he's. He's human. He's suffering. He, he's there's something there that you never sensed before when he was just this evil embodiment inside this helmet, and then you saw the scars and I mean everything. You suddenly understood something about his life and maybe his path that you had no concept of before, and it's all done in sixty seconds. Right. It's <laughs> really it very amazing. Beautiful, very beautiful scene. His his eyes were like soft, yeah. and like sorrowful. Well, he, the uh, evil was dissipated in. I think the other thing, too, in the new one, in, in The Force Awakens, you know, this is the son of Leia and Han Solo, you know, <laughs> who's now, you know, the, at, the, at the crossroads of the, you know, galactic empire in the darkness. And, you know, he's being trained by, you know, the, the, the new emperor, you know, whose course they, they show him as this giant holograph, you know, inside this planet. You know, he's just bigger than life, just... Well, you almost wonder how in the world. What's his name? Supreme leader. Snow, yeah. Supreme leader. Snoke. I don't even know how to pronounce it. How do you? Uh, Snoke. Snoke. Yeah. Well, anyway, like you can snake. see the ominous of it. So you're given this. You're given this image of almost something that's impossible to overcome, yeah. and yet, you know, there's still this incredible hope in this in this small group of freedom fighters. Now, what I think is interesting is that his biggest this guy Snoke, his biggest concern is where in the world. In the galaxy is Luke Skywalker. <laughs> I want him dead. You know what I mean? They're going yeah. after one guy. It's like an avatar. It's like Jesus 2,000 years ago. I mean, Herod was searching high and low for that soul. Very good analogy. Yeah. Very good analogy. Well, yeah. you know, before we wrap up this segment, which has gone by very fast, I want to go back for a moment to the Force, again, to wrap this concept of the Force up. Do you see it, that it may be synonymous with light? That the force that we're talking about is the creative force of the universe, essentially. Yes, I think I've always really yes. believed that the force really relates to the light of God, mm-hmm. and you know, to be or not to be, you know, the choices that we make. Um, that light is what powers the engine. That is the light that fires the heart. That is the light that has driven civilizations from the very beginning, all the way back to the golden ages. It's the it's that is the force, really. And you see, in these films. The results of the wrong choices you see, exactly. you know, the, the ramifications of that. And I think that's why there's such great teaching tools, you know, for understanding the path. Oh, mm-hmm. I totally agree. And yeah. you can see the repercussions almost immediately, the cause and effect, the consequence, the karmic right. consequence of, of, you know, wrong choices. Well, I, you know, in terms of this concept of the light and creation, 
we often on this show talk about being co-creators with God and the fact that this force that we recognize animates our every thought, word, deed, and motive. So we have to be careful. We have to be accountable for every single choice, not just the big ones. But it's, it's a 24-7 kind of experience of going through this. So when you look at a movie like Star Wars, any one of them, and you look at it through the filter of karmic opportunity, choices, it suddenly takes on a dimension where you, you recognize why it is that you're responding to it. You know you've been down that path. And there's one point here that I want to talk about in the next segment, which is conversion. And this is, again, we're talking about Darth Vader, where you go down the path, and the moment that you turn and come back to the light, is that's the, that's the, that's point the, of that's the moment of conversion. Okay. And in this movie, it's my experience of the movie, was there were many points of conversion here that people had opportunity to go one way or the other. And I think it's a very important concept for understanding not just how this movie unfolds, but the hero's journey, the spiritual seeker's path, the challenges that we all know from the Ascended Masters are basically what they have gone through. They're telling us we, you know, they, they know where we've been. They know where we're going. So we'll take a break now. And when we come back, we'll talk a bit more about this whole concept of conversion as it relates to the movie Star Wars. So we'll be back in a moment. Please stay with us. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. At the Summit Lighthouse, our goal is to help you awaken to the light within and discover your real self. Today, thousands of spiritual seekers all around the world are using the universal teachings of the Ascended Masters to make their higher selves a permanent part of their reality. And you can too. The Ascended Masters are the saints and sages of East and West from all major religions and spiritual paths. They have walked where you walk and understand the challenges you face. And their teachings are always practical. By applying the science of the spoken word through verbal prayers called decrees, the masters teach us how to harness the healing power of the violet flame and other spiritual energies to transform our lives and our world. On The Open Door, it is our goal and great joy to bring you Ascended Master teachings that you can apply in your life right now. To learn more about the Summit Lighthouse and the teachings of the Ascended Masters, visit us today at tsl.org and discover how you can awaken to the light within. It's what you're here to do. Remember, tsl.org. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. 
listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And once again, we are back. How much fun are we having, We're having a lot of fun. Well, I'm Tom, and you're (laughs) Terry. And our guests, we have guests today in the studio who are helping us to kind of we have Break da- down Star Wars. We have David Dry. Who's our spiritual director. And we have... Uh, uh, Deborah Otis. Deborah Otis, yeah. And we have uh, Joseph, Joseph Macchio. And, all, and this is, yeah. <laughs> all light warriors in their own right. Yeah, I was just, just going to say, you know, there's nothing more fun for me than just sitting around with a bunch of people talking about the teachings of the it Ascended Masters. Yeah, living room it's with great. a piece of cake and some ice cream. <laughs> yeah. And, really and we're off and running. <laughs> What's that? We're leaving some of our young young part of our life mm-hmm. because Star Wars is a part of everybody's young life. It's in their fifties and sixties out there. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But anyway, we are having fun. We well, yeah, and you know, we are talking about um, a classic of um, Hollywood, which is. I mean, <laughs> I don't want to dilute its importance by saying that word, but Hollywood has a tendency to make spectacle. And has a tendency to put things into perspective that's entertaining. So we're looking at a a phenomenon here, Star Wars, that is not only entertaining, but it is informative. And it is something that, as we have said in the first two segments, that we're very familiar with. That somewhere in our DNA, Star Wars, the experience of choosing right between right and wrong, opportunities, choices, how to use the light, it's all part of our journey. And we now, of course, are recognizing specifically how this journey relates to the teachings of the Ascended Masters because that's our practice. That's what we do. But the truth of these choices and opportunities and these, this dynamic interaction between, between light and darkness is, it goes back in time to as far as we go back. And uh, you were saying something off, off uh, mic uh, during the break, Deborah, about the fact that we have um, understood that taking the right-hand path is essentially a choice to pursue personal Christhood. The left-hand path, of course, is to pursue a path of darkness. And in that context, the Jedi Knights represent those who have chosen the right-hand path. So you could extrapolate that they have chosen the path of personal Christhood. But you've mentioned in the movie that they don't quite explore that the same way we understand it. I think that uh, it doesn't quite take it far enough. And I look at the most recent movie and how Ray, when she touches Luke's lightsaber, is aware on in her outer consciousness of the Force. I think is probably because she had previous embodiments of <laughs> interaction with the Force yeah. and a certain level of mastery with the Force. And yet, sometimes the movie tends to portray the Jedi Knights as individuals who might be... Um, a little more special than everybody else. And I think that those who are Jedi Knights have chosen to be and have made right choices, who have had mm-hmm. guides on the path, such as we have the Ascended Masters, who help us make right choices so we can become more of the light and we can interact more with the Force, and it isn't just a single person. Well, you know, it raises an interesting question, and this, again, something we've talked about on this show many times, and that is that the fallen ones, the forces of darkness, don't have light of their own. They have to co-opt it. They have to trick us, inveigle us, steal it from us one way or the other. And sometimes in the process of turning somebody from the right hand to the left hand path, they give up a lot of light. You know, so let's talk about that for a moment, that the, what the forces of darkness covet most 
is the force that we possess in the positive sense, in the positive way that you were describing earlier, Joseph. Yeah. Um, what do we do? I mean, how do we protect ourselves? I mean, is, this, is, this is an ongoing battle that we're facing every day, well, not think, just in the movie. I think one, one of the things we're blessed with in terms of the teachings of these Ascended Masters is the science of the spoken word. And so we do, you know, we give a lot of decrees to Archangel Michael. We call for the tube of light. Um, we have Archangel Michael swords, which are not quite as fancy as a lightsaber. <laughs> a little heavier. Say, but a little different, but, you know, we've, we've used our swords in the same way that the angels would use their swords, and we've been given wonderful teaching about how that, you know, the angels can place their presence over those swords, their swords over our swords. And so there's a, there's a, there's a um, harmony and, a, and, a, and, I guess, if you will, a partnership that gets formed, and you see that with the Jedi Knights, you see that in terms of their relationship with their masters and so forth. There's a partnership that cr- that helps bring them to a greater place of service. And so, um, I may have gotten slightly off your. No, your, that's your great. Thing, but it, but what's really interesting is that you see the, the reason that you see the Jedi Master, you see someone achieve that that have that attainment, which I don't think you're going to see in this new series of Star Wars movies, just relegated just to the Jedi Knights because they're great characters in Episode Seven that have great attainment. Yes, and great, you know, um, great capacity for, not only for for the kindness and so forth that we look for, but also great mastery as warriors. Um, and I'm losing my thought. It's a senior thing. To, but anyway, I think the most important thing, the most important thing, I think, is that, you know, the, the, you, the message that you get is that your choices do matter and yes. that there is a light and a darkness. There is a decision that every soul has to make. And, you know, we go back to this series of films and this literally teaching that's, you know, transferred through these films will help give people, you know, a foothold. Yeah. to understand this at a very basic level. Well, you know, I was tracking with you, David, and I was kind of taken to this place of understanding that the Jedi experience is one that is like Jesus said, we're all sons and daughters of God. So we, we all are in effect potentially Jedi. If we look at it from the parallel of the Jedi being a Christed one following the right-hand path. So it's something we can all attain. It isn't something that's reserved for the the, the top dozen star pilots or whatever. <laughs> you know. But I mean, I think that's one of the things that people need to understand about this whole process that we're talking about in the real world, and that is that we all are heirs to the throne. We all are potential Christs. We all have the same capacity, the same potential to achieve that level of, uh, of consciousness, awakening, and mastery. And, and, you know, one of the things that I like about the movie, they don't use the terms Guru Chila, <laughs> is the Guru Chila relationships that we see between uh, these Jedi Knights and the ones that have gone before them and how they how they look to them with this respect. And, and this is the reason that Ray, uh, this young uh, girl that plays this new part, has, is looking for Luke. And so, you know, uh, most people have probably seen, <laughs> I don't want to give anything away, but, oh. you know, she connects with this soul. And so this, this Guru Chila relationship is there. I'm, yeah. I'm excited to see where they want to go with this now. Well, I am too. And I think it's going to be coming out what they're already filming it. I believe they're already yeah, filming they the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. It's very true. You know, I think there's the other thing we have to remember, too, is deep within the soul, there is this understanding of hierarchy and understanding of our teachers. And when you go throughout history and you take a look at the key religious teachers that have made an impression like Gautama Buddha, Zoroaster, you know, um, Jesus, the life of Jesus and others, Confucius, mm-hmm. the impact that they had, the example that they gave, the light that they released, the the writings about their lives by others, you see the same pattern yep. outplayed, you know, in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I love 
the end of this episode seven where <clears throat> they're on the on the ridge, you know, Ray is with Luke, and you can see how she is she is giving back to him what was the key to his strength, which is lightsaber, but also the anticipation for mm-hmm. her. What can you help me with? What yes. can you teach me? What can you show me? <clears throat> and so we're left hanging on the yeah. cliffs, you know, <laughs> this incredible place. I, I hope that's a real place on this planet, <laughs> you know, wondering what will be next. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be exciting. Well, you know, what we're talking about today is, are the parallels between a movie, a concept, and real life. And what we are finding, again, is that there is a definite correlation in this particular experience that has resonated in the hearts and minds and souls of tens of millions of people. So whatever they're doing, maybe they're not doing perfectly, but they're doing something right. So they're giving us an open door, no pun intended, <laughs> to an experience of choosing that is relevant to our path. So that from the standpoint of what we believe, what we, what we practice every day, what we do is learning how to appropriate the light use it properly, understand our absolute karmic accountability for it, and we're seeing this out pictured in these characters. So you want to talk a bit about any of the characters in particular? We talked about Ray quite a lot because apparently she's made quite an impression. But going back to some of the um, like oh, Han Solo, who is he? Well, Han Solo, yeah, but also uh, this, uh, this fellow Finn who uh, – who Pilot. They call yeah he they somebody called him a traitor at one scene in the in the in the movie so there's an example of somebody that's been that's been with the wrong team for a while and finally realizes it when they say okay wipe everybody out and he just kind of stands there you know and wants to throw his gun away and join the light force well, and, and there perhaps is we were setting up this segment earlier on talking about the concept and the process of conversion of conversion that was a point of conversion well, this is him. the character that is one of the characters I think yeah. you know there's probably others as well but this is the point we all face when we're going down a path particularly if we're not totally cognizant of what it is that we're doing you know we're ignorance is no excuse but nonetheless we come to a point of awakening and suddenly things make sense yeah. and we Turn around. You stand up and you leave the auditorium. You say, "I, I, <laughs> I don't buy what they're saying." You know? <laughs> and you, <laughs> yeah. And yet, and yet, it's a process because all he wants, to do, all Finn wants to do, is run. I mean, he's he's been part of of the slaughter and the annihilation of the light bearers of the time, and right. he doesn't see any way out. And so, to me, that very much accurately reflects our lives, where all of a sudden we're going. Oh my goodness! I don't think I'm with this program. I wasn't hired to do this, <laughs> yeah. um, and yet you don't have a a very clear path about what you want to do next. You just don't. You just know where you don't want to go, but you don't quite know how to get there, and you are afraid. And so, going back to David's comment about the science of the spoken word, that's another real blessing that we have is being able to have that light that comes from reciting our decrees where it gives us that strength and that courage to make more right decisions. It's not just the one time I'm no longer with the darkness. Well, where do you go from there? Indeed. Yeah. You know, and one of the um, key players in our lives, uh, somebody that many of you out there listening uh, have heard us talk about, perhaps some of you are aware, one of our messengers, Elizabeth Clare Prophet, had um, some commentary on Star Wars. And at the Beginning of our next segment, we're going to go there. We're going to find out what did what did Mrs. Prophet have to say about Star Wars, and um, you know, and David, you you mentioned 
They got so close. So close. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be back in just a few moments, everyone. Please stay with us for our final segment on Star Wars, the experience, fiction or fact. Please stay with us. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to The Open Door. Brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And thanks for staying with us, everybody. We are back. You're listening to The Open Door, the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse. And today we are talking about the experience of Star Wars, the movie, the franchise, starting all the way back in May of 1977. And just currently, installment number seven has been released Mid-December of 2015, I'm saying this for all of you who may be listening to the archives, who are not uh, part of our live audience, but we're being joined today by a panel of spiritual warriors who have all experienced Star Wars and have much to say about them. And one of the people who we've not heard from yet who had some very cogent commentary about Star Wars was Elizabeth Clare Prophet, the messenger of the Summit Lighthouse. And I'd like to pass this down to our guest panel today to maybe bring up any quotes, any points, anything that you remember that Mrs. Prophet had to say about Star Wars and and take it in any order. Well, when I first came, that was one of the first questions I asked uh, (laughs) when I first found this in the lighthouse. You know, what were Mrs. Prophet's comments about Star Wars? And what she said was it was a very ancient record uh, of the galaxy of this battle of light and darkness. Mm And so that memory has, it was in the collective unconscious of, mm-hmm. of the race. And so that's part of the reason why there was such a tremendous reaction to it. Well, and, and she had obviously seen the movie. She did, yes. She was a fan of the film, <laughs> some of the film. I think one of the things, one of the things she, uh, I, I read some interesting comments she made uh, before she sent the, her Montessori uh, boarding uh, school students to see the film one afternoon, and she just simply said that, you know, there there are some very good points in there that that take you to a certain place on the path, but again, there were certain things that were left out, and we talked a little bit about the end with Darth Vader, you know, and his karma, and 
Um, she kind of cautioned him about the noise or the sound of the music. But really, the the main thing for her was that, you know, recognize the fact that there's, you know, this this is a starting point for people to understand certain aspects of this this ancient record. Oh yeah. And, and well, just recognize that. You, you said something very interesting, and the others here uh, agreed. I guess they also knew this, that um, in, in determining what kind of influences may have guided George Lucas in the production and the creation of this movie and this franchise, you would said that his, his first wife was the keeper of the flame. She was a student of the Ascendant Masters. <laughs> yeah, and so we don't, know, we don't know for sure how much influence she gave her husband at the time for this and you know, we've all kind of pondered, you know, how much, you know, Terry, you had said something about people reading the teachings at that time in Los oh, Angeles. Oh, I think, yeah, because we were down there in, in the Los Angeles area, and, and I'm sure that the, all over Hollywood they were reading our teachings. They may not have been, oh. uh, some of them were, I'm sure, coming to some of our conferences and events and things like that, but I think they've taken uh, key elements of the Ascended Master's teachings and created a lot of films, well, uh, I think both do, good and bad. You I know? think we know some people in, in the teachings who were part of the Hollywood establishment. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know two for a fact, you know, so. And we did actually, we had, our, we had a studio in Los Angeles, you know, uh, Excalibur Video Systems, and many of the people that ran that, you know, did interface with people in mm-hmm. the Hollywood industry, and so there is some of that connection, but it, it is, it's very interesting to oh, know yeah. how this kind of began, and yeah, it makes you wonder, you know, how much she influenced his, uh, you know, his writing. Yes. Well, yeah, well, what else did Mrs. Prophet have to say? One thing I found interesting was actually, um, not Mrs. Prophet per se, but was the Ascended Master St. Germain. He actually talked about Star Wars. And uh, he said, realize then that the arraying of these forces at hand has been the desire of galactic beings of vast systems for eons. This confrontation has been coming, I tell you, for millions of years. If you do not believe it, I ask you, pray, receive from me the courage of my heart, the faith of your doubt, and the strength to look to and understand that you are gathered on a giant rock as a pinnacle of light, and therefore viewing with angelic hosts worlds beyond worlds and systems, and coming to the understanding that evil has had a beginning in the galaxies, and evil will have an ending, and that the forces gathered on planet Earth have gathered for that confrontation, not the least of which are the servants of the Great White Brotherhood on Earth, who understand the odds and who are clear enough to be con- to excuse me to be able to confront both the Christ self within and the dweller in the threshold not to be moved and to let themselves stand with truth let the chips fall where they may oh, boy he really encapsulated it uh, i think he knows something <laughs> <laughs> well you know uh, one of the things i wanted to mention was that when like when finn uh decided that he wanted to take up with the light forces um he uh what? what are you? He had to take his helmet off. <laughs> he took his helmet off. <laughs> but he also, um, I think that, that one of the things that, that the Ascended Masters bring to this equation is the fact that uh, there is no ultimate power in the evil. In other words, evil is something that is stolen from, from the, those who bear the light. And so there is a definite end. When the light bearers take a stand to do something about it, then, then there is a there is a final cutoff point for e- the darkness. Evil has no place in the sacred path. That's right. Yeah. What's really interesting about Finn, he, you know, they keep asking him, "Are you part of the Freedom Fighters? Are you part of, you know, the the Alliance?" And he kept saying, "No, no, no. I'm not. This is not Resistance. who I am. I'm just trying to get away from all of this. Where I found <laughs> yeah. myself and found myself not doing well with what I was." program to do, you know. Right. And you can't right. unknow what you know. Right. You know, one of the one of the pivotal points in the conversion process is that, oh, sweet on the tongue, bitter in the belly. I can't ignore anymore the consciousness that I've gained. So 
He's at that point, whether he likes it or not. Now, did you have a, a, a quote, Joseph, from uh, Elizabeth Clare Prophet? Well, before that, I just wanted to mention that in the case of Finn, um, in our teachings of the Ascended Masters, we know that there's a divine spark and that the divine spark is power, wisdom, and love uh, in the heart, in the mm. heart chakra. And right. to me, when Finn said, I, it's the right thing for me to do, uh, that was that divine spark acting in his world. I like that. And yeah. uh, it's to nourish that spark. That is the path to nourish that divine spark. So that's the indwelling Christ. That's the indwelling divinity, which is has manifested. Right. It's really interesting. I, it kind of occurred to me, you know, where Luke was defending, you know, saying to Leia about how Darth Vader still had good in him. It's like they couldn't even create mechanization, man. They couldn't create a robot race perfectly and there was some good in Finn something in Finn similar to what you know although he, he's a different level than Darth Vader but there was something in him that reacted when he saw the injustice when he saw you know that what he was placed in the middle of mm-hmm. and the cruelty of it all there was something that changed him and that, that's right that, that well, was his the, moral compass his moral compass was activated yeah. in a way yeah. right but without the divine spark you see there is no moral compass without without the the light that's in us that's where we, where we. That's where the uh, conscience originates. And that's again the conversion process. Turning conversion to the light. process. Right. But I also wanted to say, uh, you mentioned before, Tom, that um, the way the fallen ones, or the fallen angels, or the ones who take the dark side, the way they live, because they have no light, they've been cut off from the light. They take it from. All of us. In other words, uh, it was made very clear that, uh, in the confrontation with the Emperor and, and Luke Skywalker, as well as the confrontation with General Palpatine and Anakin, where they wanted them to be angry. Um, give me your anger. I, I can feel your anger. That's good. In other words, we give in being angry and being rebellious like Anakin was and being disobedient to um, his teacher and so forth and being angry over his mother's death, this now feeds the yeah. dark side. Right. I just right. wanted to make that point. Well, that's yeah, a, that's a, a great point. point. You know, right. I, I, and on this program, of course, we've talked about that too, where even irritation, frustration, impatience. Mild can dislike. Have mild dislike. <laughs> I mean, there are many ways that our light can be taken from us if we're, on, if we're not securing it properly. And in this case, of course, this is a, a bit of a broad brush, but the same thing applies. What you just said is absolutely true, is that if we're not careful, it can be taken from us. If we have to be on guard, we've got to be, you know, watchmen on the wall. And that's, and that's where the science of the spoken word can come in. You know, I mean, oh, we've got some yeah. beautiful things that will help people get harmony in their, in their members. The rosary is the very first thing that comes to mind. It's a very simple, simple prayer. Account to nine. Oh, God, give me patience. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. And, and, and a simple violet flame decree. I mean, gosh. Yeah, we, we've invited people to write in and ask for that. Many people have the, the count to nine decree because it, it, res- it, it struck a chord with many people. Oh, okay. This is, the, this is count to 10. <laughs> going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go walk around the block. In the middle of a meeting. Get well, up. You know, we, we have about maybe three minutes left. Oh, gosh. I know. It goes by so fast. And I think uh, just kind of going around the table here. Is there a book or DVD or something that we have that you might tell our listeners would be a good resource, you know, like The Science of the Spoken Word? I know, David, that's one of your new favorites, new old favorites. Mine, too. 
Well, that, that's, a, that's a really great place to start because it gives you really a wonderful foundational teaching about who you are spiritually and, you know, and how this can help you on your spiritual path, The yeah. Science of the Spoken Word. And um, that's a book that's available through tsl.org slash bookstore. Go on Amazon. You can find it there. Science of the Spoken Word. Twin Flames and Soulmates. Also, the pocket guides are yeah. very handy on the Violet Flame and, you know, oh, yeah. great way, simple way to start. What about you, Deborah? Got any, um, anything leap, leap to your mind? If, well, speaking of leaping, if you wanted to, if you wanted to get right into the stuff of um, talking about those uh, ancient records of the galactic wars, um, there's Paths of Light and Darkness. There you go. Oh, um, good one. Very which good. which really goes into some of the foundational. Um, we're not just talking soap opera here. Um, teachings to yeah. help you understand clearly uh, where we came from, and it also gives you hope. Agree. And what about the enemy within? Yes, that too. Alone too. Yeah. Great, great. And Star Wars is mentioned in those books, too. Yes. <laughs> I was going to mention The Path of Light and Darkness. Yeah, great. Uh, and uh, also The Enemy Within, as well as Fallen Angels Among Us. Uh, thank you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Fallen Angels Among Us. Yeah. Well, um, thank you all for being part of this discussion today. It's been lively thank and you. fun. I know that we're scratching the surface. I mean, we all came thinking about we're going to basically <laughs> give a, a treatise and a, a, a weekend lecture on this. It's not possible to do it one sitting. But you've done a great job of helping to illuminate the key points, the battle between light and darkness, the choices we make, karma, you know, the, the power of good intentions even, you know, the, the threefold flame, a lot of different concepts here. Many more to come. We'll probably not be done with this subject for quite some time. So I want to thank all of you out there listening in to uh, be participants in this discussion. It is fun, and I hope we can do this again. And Terry, what can they do if they want to let us know how they feel? They can email us. Oh, we are good. at webradio at tsl.org. <laughs> webradio at tsl.org. I got to use that voice once you in a while. Your, <laughs> yes, number, number one with a bullet. Right? <laughs> a man with a silk voice. <laughs> this has been a lot of fun. Thanks yes. for hosting it, Tom. Yes, well, thank you all. And uh, I'd like to say, though the upward path may sometimes be difficult, the rewards are out, out of, of this, this world. world. Thanks, everyone. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you again for joining us this week. Remember, tell your friends and family that they can listen to us live each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and Noon Mountain on Voice America's 7th Wave Channel. For more information about The Open Door and The Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website, www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.